Apostle Mrs. Leanne Kofi, the founder and general overseer of the Lord's Garden Ministries, a ministry which is focused on bringing back the glory of God into the lives of people who have been battered by the world. She's a healing apostle and ministers powerfully to break people free from demonic oppressions. We believe you'll be blessed as you listen to today's word. Now, today's word. And so we know you are here. And we give you all the worship and all the praise and the glory that is due unto you. We thank you, Lord, for your saving grace by which, Lord, we are saved. Thank you, Lord, for your name that is above every name, at the mention of which every knee bows. And we thank you that in that name, Lord, we who call upon your name shall be delivered. This morning, have your own way in this place touch every life. My God, I pray the Lord release something into every heart. Heal the brokenhearted, strengthen the weak. My God, in the mighty name of Jesus, let joy unspeakable and full of glory be our portion. We thank you for this gathering that is not unto man, but unto you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Put your hands together and be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. This morning, I want to welcome all of you to Liberty Center of the Lord's Garden Ministries. Oh, yes. Put your hands together. This is the first Sunday in the month of May. It's amazing how fast the year is going. Amen. It's just amazing. But we just thank God that God is keeping us. That's the most important thing. Bible says we are kept by the power of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Living under an open heavens or living under open heavens. Amen. All, all over the world today, uh, I mean, apart from, you know, the coronavirus or the COVID-19 that's just passed, passing or we don't know what it's doing. But all we know is that coronavirus is somewhere. I mean, there are many things that are of a worry to many people, but I believe one of the greatest ones is finances. <coughs> finances. Am I right or wrong? Praise God. Amen. And we, we are facing a financial crunch the whole, whole world over between Ukraine and, no, I won't say Ukraine, because Ukraine, between Russia and Ukraine, um, the war and everything that's happened, the whole world today um, is standing in a certain financial position and is of concern, especially to those of us who are in the developing countries, because we are really affected by everything that happens um, in other nations. But we as Christians, and that's the good news I have for you this morning, we don't live by the economy of the world. Oh, we are not living by the economy of the world. The Apostle Paul blessing the Philippian church said that my God will supply, said, but my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He didn't say all your needs according to what is in Israel or Jerusalem. He's according to his riches. That is, in the measure of his riches in heaven, in glory, that is how we believers are provided for. Amen? So our source of wealth is God. God is our source. The jobs we do and the pay we receive and where we get it from is just a resource, but a source of life to us. The source of strength, the source of wealth is God. 
Amen. God says that the earth is his and the fullness thereof. Truly it is. He says that he owns the cattle upon a thousand hills. He, own, he knows where the vein for silver is and where the vein for gold is. Sometimes you hear, oh, um, gold deposits or oil deposits have been found here in this country, in this region. It's not a new thing. It's been there since God created the world. Men didn't know. But God, who is the creator, knows where he's put gold, knows where he's put silver, knows where he's put oil. And in the fullness of time or in due time, according to his desire, he shows men. May God show you where the vein for gold is. May God show you where he's placed the vein for silver. Deuteronomy 8.18, God says that we should remember him, the Lord our God, because it is he who gives us the power to get wealth. So according, so that he might fulfill his covenant that he has with us. The power to create wealth or to get wealth. Amen. And that power, I think about it as in wisdom, knowledge, as in favor, as in the people that he links you up with. It, it's so many things that come together to, to, for a person to be able to get wealth or create wealth. But he says he's giving you the power, the ability, the strength. Amen. So there's no limitation in how God will you know, provide for you or give you the power to create wealth. There's no limitation. Amen. And his word teaches us clearly the many ways by which we can get wealth. I always you know, thought about how God said to Joshua that he should read the word, meditate on the word, think on it, speak it, do it, and he will have good success. And the first I read, I said, ah, does that mean that there's a difference between success and good success or is there wrong success or bad success and good success but that's what he said that you will have good success and this one i come to tell you church that by the wisdom of god by the power who gives us the power to create wealth you will have good success oh you have good success and you need, and success is not measured by someone's um, uh, measuring line no success is measured by your goals your dreams, your vision, and how close you get to it, or whether you fulfill it. So somebody's idea of success will be different from somebody's idea of success. Somebody, when they have tendencies, say, oh, I've been very successful. When somebody working any job, say, oh, I'm very successful in my job. Someone will say, I say oh, that, but that's nothing. So I say a success is measured not by somebody else. And that is why we shouldn't sit and feel sad about what God is doing in your neighbor's yard. But think about what God is doing in your yard. And be grateful and thankful for it. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Otherwise, we'll never be content. Because you always find another garden that is more beautiful than your garden. My husband is into orchids. And whenever he sees anybody's orchids, you know, he says, okay, but I also have my orchids. But you see, he might go to a place where there's a bigger, better orchid garden. But he's happy with his orchids. Amen. So must we also be what God is doing in our lives. So that we shall be content. The many, way, the many reasons why a lot of people are not content is because they are looking at what God is doing somewhere or what somebody has. But praise be to God that God is not a respecter of persons. And I say that not that God doesn't respect people. It means that God is not partial. God is not partial. Like a good father, he gives the same um, opportunities in different ways. But the, the honors rest on us as to how we take those opportunities, use those opportunities, and come to what we want. Praise the Lord. 
Hallelujah. Amen. So sometimes you look at someone, ah, how come, you know, especially for us believers, you look at another unbeliever who's making it, as we say, making it, and you wonder, ah, ah that person doesn't, you know, say, why is he making it? And we just don't understand. But this morning, I'm here to tell God is no respect of persons. Amen. But he said, but in this world, anyone whose heart is turned after him, he will also honor. So let's turn our hearts towards God. Let's turn our hearts towards his word. Let's follow his instruction. And hey, let him do the rest. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now this one, I'm talking about living under open heavens. And the only place where God talks about giving an open heaven or, or um, putting an open heavens over our lives in clear words is in the book of Malachi chapter 8, the verse, Malachi 3, sorry, 8 to 12. And I want to read it. He said, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, wherein have you robbed thee? In tithes and in offerings. Then he says, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me. Even this whole nation, he was talking to a nation. He said, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that they may meet in my house, and prove me there with, saith the Lord, if I will not open you the windows of heaven. That's what he says. And pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be enough room to receive it, to contain it. And he said, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord God of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed, for you shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Now you ask, what is an open heavens? What is an open heavens? In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28, God gives, if I said, it's, a, it's a book that every one of us has to read. I call it the book of the blessing of obedience and the curse of disobedience. But it's a, it's a good chapter that we have to read. And among the blessing of God that God says he will give to the obedient, he said that the Lord will establish you as a holy people unto himself, as you are sworn unto you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord and walk in his ways, then he says that the Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure. The Lord will open unto you his good treasure. <clears throat> the heaven to give rain unto your land in a season and to bless all the work of your hands. And you shall lend unto many nations and you shall not borrow. The Lord shall make you the head and not the tail. Thou shalt be above only and not, thou shalt not be beneath and if you hearken unto the commandment of the Lord your God, which I commanded you this day, to observe and to do them. He says, the Lord will open the heavens upon your life. He'll open his good treasure unto you. Imagine, he's opened his treasure house unto you. And he says he'll open the heavens over your life. Now, opposed to that is the shut heaven or the closed heaven, found in the same book of Deuteronomy 28. Because in Deuteronomy chapter 28, from verse 1 to 14, you read about the blessing of obedience. Then from 15 to, I think, 68, you read about the cases of disobedience. And I said, God, why? You shall have been equal portions. But anyway, that's by the by. He says, and thy heaven that is over thee shall be as brass. That's a case of disobedience. And the earth that is under you, beneath you, that under your feet shall be iron. And the Lord shall make the rain of thy lamp powder and dust from heaven. It shall come down upon thee until thou are destroyed. So that means that there's something called an open heavens and a shut heaven, a closed heaven. Now, we are seeing from the physical side where he says that he will withhold rain. And there are certain times, you see certain lands will go through a period of drought. But in the Bible, we see instances where they go through drought and famine and all that. 
and we say that they are under a closed heaven. But it's more of a spiritual state of being that Malachi talks about. That when God says that he will open the heavens over you, he's not talking about the literal you know, skies opening for rain, but then the spiritual heavens. Because we are sitting under this heaven, the atmospheric heaven. But above the, the atmospheric heaven, there's another heaven for the heavens of heavens. How many of you know that? All right. So it's not just talking about the atmospheric heaven, but a spiritual state of being, of walking or living under a certain kind of blessing where goodness comes upon you, where what you do prospers, where it is well with you because a certain favor is being released upon your life. It's a, it's a state where prayers go up, answers come down, blessings come down unhindered. Jacob, in a time of struggle, had a dream and he saw that the heavens were open, angels were ascending and descending on the ladder, and on top of it stood God. In that instance, in his hardest time, for nothing Jacob had done himself, there was an open heaven. Angels had come down to be with him, but he didn't know it. And says, ah, so the Lord was in this place, yet I knew it not. The heavens were opened over Jacob, not because of anything Jacob had done. It was because of Abraham's covenant with God. So God was having or had mercy upon Jacob, who was his grandson. I pray that may God's grace and favor fall upon us. And may it go down your children. May your children be blessed. May your grandchildren be blessed. May your great-grandchildren be blessed. You know, sometimes some people are walking under a certain blessing, and you don't understand it. But maybe if you go up two or three generations, you will find certain ancestors, grandparents, who did something that warranted a blessing. That warranted a blessing. Some of the people say, oh, if you go abroad, they are not serving God, but they are being blessed. Hey, do you think the early missionaries who came, many of them died, but they still came, bringing the word of God. They came, they died, those there heard that people were dying, but still came nevertheless. That means they came at the peril of their lives. And some of them, were, they, they got buried. They were buried here because they brought the word of God. So such a person's daughter and grandchild, do you think God will not look upon them with favor when they are giving their lives to make sure that a people are saved and delivered? Amen. And that is why it's so important for us also to live a life that will leave a generational blessing for our children and for our children's children. In the same way that people do things and leave a generational curse on their children and their children's children, God forbid that it be our portion. We will leave a generational blessing. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. So it's a spiritual state of being and the promise of an open heavens upon your life comes from God. But it's very conditional. Amen. A lot of times we quote scriptures, I am I, the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Really? It's conditional, you know, because the world and everything governing it runs on principles. Everything runs on principles. Try it. Go and stand, you know, on a high, um, what do you call it, house or something and say, I believe I can fly. I think I'm a bird. And jump. Then you realize that the law of gravity does work, you know. So you can't just believe that you are a bird and jump from a ceiling. The law of gravity will work. The world, the systems are based on principles. And principles work. Principles don't fail. 
Hallelujah. The reason why a lot of believers find that maybe things are not going well with them is because they are not obeying the principles. But when we don't obey the principles and we get the, the, the repercussion of it, we end up blaming God. Or we blame the old person in our house. That's a witch. Or we, not that they are not, they are. But then, because we do not obey principles, oftentimes we do not see the glory of God. Hallelujah. Now, where God says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there will be enough food in my house. And he said, if you do, says the Lord of God's armies, he said, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I'll pour out a blessing so great, you won't have enough room to take it in. Then he says, put me to test. That's the NLT, New Translation, New Living Translation. He said, put me to test. He said, but the struggle over tithe is so real. There's, we all have it. We've all been through it. The struggle to tithe. Sometimes it's easy when the money or the income is, let's say, 100 Ghana cities and you have to tithe 10, right? Yeah, my math is very suspicious, so forgive me. It's easy, but the higher it goes, then we start to hold back. But the thing is that once you start from 100 cities, tithing 10 cities, you will go up. It will go up. It's automatic because once you have started from tithing on that hundred cities pay, the blessing of an open heavens comes upon your life and you begin to increase. It begins to increase. I, I decided long time, long time ago that every year I would increase my offering. And at that time when I started, I mean, that was barely, you know, but then the more every year if I gave 10 cities at every offering, the next year I said, I can't give, I have to give something more. And then you see God also coming to work. But I'm saying the struggle in the hearts of people is real. And all the many things, you know, but all the many things that God instructs us hinge on obedience. Everything that God instructs us to hinge on obedience. The Ten Commandments hinge just on obedience. Today people say it's, it's past. The New Testament took it away. No. The New Testament of grace did not abolish the law but came to fulfill the law. Because truly, if you love God, you're not going to worship other idols. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God. Jesus said, upon this hangs the law and the prophets. If you love God, there are things you wouldn't do. You obey God. If you love your neighbor, you won't kill your neighbor. And so, if you have that principle of love in your heart, which is in the New Testament, the gospel of grace, you will not disobey the Ten Commandments. Are you getting me? So, the, 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 the message of grace does not take away the law. Rather, it fulfills it. It rather gives us more strength to be able to fulfill it. Because when you see God as a father, and you love God your father, and you love your brethren, your brothers, your sisters, you realize that automatically you're obeying the Ten Commandments. So you have received a new strength to do what at first they were doing by struggle, by their strength. You know, because it's not, it's not easy to love everybody. You know, unless God gives you that grace in your heart to love even the unlovable. Because there's a who are very unlovable. But then grace, amen, grace helps us to love all people. Amen? So the laws of God hinge on obedience. That's why I said I read Deuteronomy chapter 28 from the verse 1 to 68. Amen? And I believe this morning if I was to say, what are the Ten Commandments? Many people don't know it, but for time, I will not go there. 
But you realize that the best, the blessing of obedience works. He says that if you be willing, God says if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. If we walk in obedience to God, definitely we will eat the good of the land. The fruit of the spirit. Bible says against the fruit of the spirit, there's no law. And I like to say that if you are, you are the fruit of the spirit, you will not be, never be arrested. Because the fruit of the spirit is love, kindness, meekness, self-control. Will you be arrested from, for being kind? Definitely not. So following that alone protects your life from all kinds of things. But alas, we struggle with giving our tithe. And the thing is that the reason of the struggle, I have about five reasons. Number one, we look at the income, we say, oh, this is too much to give. The tithe is too much. For example, you have been blessed with 100,000 Ghana cities. And you look at it, <coughs> and you have to give 10,000. Ah, to take 10,000, no, no, this one, I have to reduce it or forget about it. Then the second reason, ah, as of Ubedi, as of Ubedi, the priest will have a field day with it, Ubedi. So, no. And that's one of the things. But let's, I mean, by next week, I'll, I'll bring you some understanding. Others say, oh, it is in the Old Testament. It's not in the New Testament, but it's very much in the New Testament. Then somebody will say, oh, ask for me, I'd rather give it to the poor. I'd rather give it to the poor. But the poor also have their place. Somebody will say, my money is too small to tighten. And so you will remain in the same place, but we want to build up. And praise the Lord. Some people don't tithe. That's also another reason. Some people don't tithe, but yet they are blessed. That one I've told you already. But you see, when you go to Fantin Mwoku or any of the Mwokos, how many join one or Mwoku? Who is part of any society? Don't lie. Hands up. Okay. Yes. And you paid. Okay. Who is in any society that you paid dues? Yes. Yeah, you see, you paid dues. It's, it's, it's like you are paying what you owe. You are being, you are paying, it's a due you, you have towards the society. There's no problem paying dues. If you are part of a club and they say in this club, before you can be a member, you have to pay this every month. You will pay it because you want to be in that company. The company has something that you enjoy or you realize ah, it's good for you to be in that company. You are being, you know, either encouraged or you think you're doing or maybe you're doing something good so you like it so you pay your dues but think on this you are living in a free world you are breathing air free there's rain that's falling on your ground i mean you are strong you are alive the many things that god is doing for us one day i said god i thank you for breath because i went to hospital and somebody was gasping while still on oxygen and I said, because, you see, I don't have to pay for the, the breath you give me. Imagine you have to pay for the breath you be Every breath, two persons. Every breath, two persons. Reverend Francis' father was in um, hospital. How much were you paying for uh, oxygen a day? And 100 cities an hour for oxygen in the hospital. Can you imagine? 24 hours cost him 2,400. And his father was there on oxygen for about four days. Four days, calculate. But for this free air, God is saying, no charge. No charge. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 
the enemy fights us in this area because see, it's linked to our financial prosperity and not just our financial prosperity but to our total well-being because what god said that he will open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you don't even have hands to contain it moreover he said i'll rebuke the devourer for your sake the destroyer for your sake and every day we are up against forces we are up against things that destroy he said he will rebuke the devourer for your sake hallelujah and he says that no fruit of your vine will fall before his time and your fruit in the field shall be kept so nations will call you a delightsome land because the blessing will be so apparent over your life that people will say ah this man is truly blessed of god and he said put me to test put me to test that's that's god said that but yet god says that thou shalt not put to test your god you shouldn't tempt the lord your god but in malachi 3 8 to 10 he says put me to test because that means that he is sure of what he's saying that he will do are, are you are you understanding me great now so he says that we should put him to test and see if he will not open the windows of heaven now the enemy fights us on this one because he knows that it's a covenant that will bring you under total well-being will bring you in a certain place of well-being favor with great blessing the place where you command blessing sometimes people are saying oh and i command this for me i command this for me god is looking at you and said this person is a robber but yet you are commanding his blessing you know these are principles and most of the time preachers we don't preach as much why because the minute you start preaching it you feel the atmosphere see the atmosphere this morning yeah this wasn't the atmosphere friday night too because you know hey yeah, yeah when we are talking about tithe we want to talk about offering, we want to talk about money in the church, it becomes, you know, everybody goes, mm. because it, it, to, my mother used to say that when you're asking money from her, because I, I, I would say, I'll go, mama, 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 give me give money. Then she say, but you know something, when you're coming to get money from me or collect money, it's as if you're pulling the, the hair in my nostrils. Also, I had to buy a me, me, so I used to call her, me, me. So it's like, it's so painful. So when we start talking about it, immediately everybody goes quiet. Then thoughts are all over the place. Why? Because the enemy doesn't want you to receive that which you should receive, to make a decision for yourself. This word I'm preaching, about 70% won't take, the 30 might. But you see, in due time, after a while, part of the 70 will come in because you understand that your strength is not getting you where you want to get to. You, you will see it. Amen. He, someone, he says, A blessed is a man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the law, the way. And in the law, he meditates day and night. He said, This man shall be like a tree that is planted by rivers of water. He brings forth his fruit in due season, and his leaf will not wither. And whatsoever he does shall prosper. The man who receives the word of God and becomes a doer of it. The one who doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful or walk with the ungodly or with the, those who scorn, who, who make mockery of the word of God. Because in our time, that is what is happening. People make mockery of the word of God. Some also walk with unbelievers. Some also listen to all kinds of doctrines from certain people. 
a few years back, there was, a, there was this guy preaching all over the place, dissing the tithe, you know, and this is a man who for years, good pastor, received tithes, built a mega church and everything like that. Then he starts and he gets a following. But then later on, his behaviors and different things he was doing, he tells you that the man is gone, some things are loose, some screws are loose. Because if you are going by the word of God, the word of God is one. It's not two, it's one. Amen. He said the man who takes the word, walks in the law of God, and he meditates upon it day and night to do it. He said that he shall be like a tree that is planted by rivers of water. Whatever he does will prosper. His leaf will not wither. He will bear fruit in his season. Because it's not depending upon the rain from heaven. He's getting his source from the roots. I pray that may your source be deep in deeply and rooted in the word of God. That may we be doers of the word and not just hearers only. But a lot of people hear the word of God and it falls on stony hearts. They don't do it. And they don't get the result. And so their prayers and their, 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 their um, anxieties are more. But when you are following certain principles, it comes easy. Apart from the principle of the tithe, given to the poor and the needy, the widows, the orphans, the leper. God said those who give to the lepers, he the Lord and the poor. He said anyone who gives to the poor lends to God and in due time God will repay you. The day I, I heard that scripture, it, it really strengthened my heart about the poor. I always feel, you know, to give to the poor. But when I read that scripture, I said, wow, this really makes it even more interesting because now I know I'm lending to God and in due time he will pay me. I mean, how much will God give you for lending to him? The money lenders will give you maybe 5%. But when you give to God, when God owes you money, can you imagine how much the payment will be? Praise the Lord. So the New Testament also mentions that Jesus said something in Luke chapter 18. He said two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and one was a publican. And the Pharisee stood and prayed within himself, very proud. He said, God, I thank you that I'm not as other men are. I'm not like these people. I'm not an extortioner. I'm not unjust. I'm not an adulterer. I, even as this publican is, I fast twice a week. I give tithe of all I possess. So there's a mention of Jesus of people tithing in the New Testament. But this one was waxed in pride. But the publican just was beating his breast. He said, Lord, forgive me, for I am a sinner. Nevertheless, this, pub, this Pharisee was paying tithe. And Jesus said to the Pharisees, he said to them that, Woe unto you, you Pharisees. So you pay tithe of the mint, anise, and cumin, the spices. And when they, they harvest their spices, they pay tithe of it. And you say, but you have omitted the weightier matters of the law. That is judgment and mercy and faith. Say, so these you should have done and not to leave the others undone. Okay, so go to Matthew 23, 23. Matthew 23, 23 for me. In the New Living Translation, we say, what sorrow awaits you Pharisees? For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens. But you ignore justice and the love of God. You should pay your tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. So they are all important. So somebody who also said, well, I pay my tithe, I go to church every Sunday, I give to the poor, and yet you don't love your neighbor, or you don't love your brother, or you don't love your sister, or even your spouse. Jesus will tell you the same thing, that you should, have, you should love those around you as well as 
go to church on Sundays and pay your tithe and also give to the poor, whatever else you are doing. Do it all together. Praise the Lord. Because sometimes that's our problem as believers. We do one, we leave the other. And we pride ourselves in it. As we are in this, there are some of you who are at, who, no, not, not to be longer, at war with certain people. Maybe if I, I, I send some of you to go to this side to go and say hello to everybody, some of you will just do meander a bit and come back. Because there may be somebody on this aisle that you don't want to talk to. But you are in church expecting a blessing. You've paid your tithe, but it's not complete. God says, do it all. Tell anybody, do it all. Amen. Do it all. You hold unforgiveness against somebody in this aisle. Forgive that person and then bring your offering or bring your tithe. Jesus said that if you are going to even offer unto God and you remember that your brother has something against you, not that you have something against your brother. That one, I had a talk with God about it. God, but that's not fair. Yes, I mean, no, I said, no, I not that you have something against your brother, but you remember that your brother has something against you. He said, put that gift down. Go and look for your brother. Make peace with your brother. And then come and pick it and bring it. Then it will be accepted by God. But should that be my problem? Shouldn't he be the one to come and apologize for all the bad things he's done against me? But God says, you go and apologize first. And so sometimes we will not obey this one too. And then we are bringing our offering. We are bringing our tithe. And we are waiting for, for the outcome, the blessing. And we are not seeing the fullness of it. Tell them about do it all. Hallelujah. Back to the tithe. Hebrews chapter 7 is a whole chapter that talks about the tithe, Jesus, and a man called Melchizedek. Now, I've gone about the tithe, the tithe, the tithe, but maybe there are people who do not know. Let me tell you what the tithe is. The tithe is a tenth portion of a person's increase or income. And it was instituted of God when he, got, he took the Israelites out of Egypt, took them to the promised land. And he said that they should, Moses should divide the land among the 12 tribes of Israel. But then the tribe of Levi shouldn't be given a portion. So they gave 11 tribes land, but none to the 12, which was the tribe of Levi or Levi. Now the tribe of Levi was a tribe of the priesthood. They were in charge of the sanctuary, the, 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 the temple of the Lord. They were to do the sacrifice when people bring them. Because in those days, sacrifice and offerings was not monetary. It was either a goat, a sheep, and they were to kill it, flay it, and all that. And they were to burn the incense, do everything. They were responsible, so to say, of the spiritual well-being of the nation. God said, don't give them a piece of land because they have to serve in my house. Now, God said that only unto the tribe of Levi do not give an inheritance. So the sacrifice of the Lord of God of Israel made by fire are their inheritance. That's what he said through Joshua. And Moses said to Joshua, but unto the tribe of Levi do not give any inheritance. The Lord God of Israel is their inheritance as he has said to them. If you go to the same Joshua chapter 13 verse 33, I read the NLT. So, but Moses gave no allotment of the land to the tribe of Levi for the Lord, the God of Israel had promised that he himself will be their allotment. The land, the portion of land he gave to the 11 were allotments. But Levi, a whole tribe, got nothing. And God said to the other tribes that when you farm, when you raise cows, whatever, every time you bring a tenth of it to me, that is the Lord's portion. 
for being the owner, the heavenly landlord of everything. And then what you bring to me, I give to the Levites because they receive my portion. And to explain it further, the reason why God did that was that if the tribe of Levi would also go and farm, being given a land, then who would be responsible for the spiritual well-being of the nation? Because Israel at that time did not have a king. Their king, God was their king. Amen. And so these people were a, a tribe had chosen to do what he wants done, like the priests, what the priests do. And he said, I don't want them to receive a portion of the, uh, the, the land. But when I give you the land, you farm. After you finish, ninth, what, what, the, the one-tenth one, one of it should come back to me. That is mine. The nine, nine portions, take it, enjoy it freely. And you see, nine parts of a tenth to you. One to the one who gave you the land, who gave you the breath, who is giving you the strength, who is in charge over everything. Who makes sure that the rain falls so that that seed that you have put to the ground will germinate and bring you a harvest? He said, my, my portion is one. But yet people find it so difficult. Is it difficult? I mean, think about it. Is it difficult? Right now, if I came to you and I gave you a thousand cities, I said, give me a hundred cities. Should it be difficult? And if it's added to it, I will bless you more. Is it difficult? But yet we do not understand. And that understanding that we don't understand Believe you me, it is not physical, but it is the enemy of our progress, the enemy of our lives, who doesn't want us to gain understanding so that what should come to us will not come to us. Are you, are you understanding me? I want to read from Numbers 18. I'm finishing soon. My time is up. Numbers 18, the verse 19 to 20, but I'll try and see whether I can stop somewhere. He says, yes, I'm giving you all these holy offerings that the people of Israel bring to the Lord. They are for you and your sons and your daughters to the Levites to be eaten as your permanent shares. So when you are thinking that as I'm going to give this my um, 100,000 tithe, should they or should they not? Oh, please, church, let's work this in. Should they or should they not? Aha. So I'm giving all these holy things that the people of Israel bring to the Lord. They are for you your sons and your daughters to be eaten as your permanent share. So, and this is an eternal and unbreakable covenant between the Lord and you. Is it there? No, the person at the is 18. Yeah. It's, a, it's an eternal covenant. Now, if you understand the word eternal, it means forever. So for the sake of you, those of you who say, oh, it's in the Old Testament. It's, a, it's an eternal covenant between you and the Lord, and it also applies to your, your descendants. That means when you do it, your descendants also ought to do it. And the Lord said to Aaron, Aaron was a high priest, you priests will receive no allotment of land or share of property among the people of Israel. He said, I am your share, and I am your allotment. So as for the tribe of Levi, your relatives, I will compensate them for their service in the tabernacle. Instead of an allotment of land, I will give them the tithes from the entire land of Israel. You are not saying amen. Bless you. So from now on, no Israelites, except priests or Levites, 
may approach the tabernacle. Said so no live no, no one, no Israelite except the priests and the Levites should approach the tabernacle. For if they come too near, they will be judged guilty and die. Only the Levites may serve at the tabernacle and they'll be held responsible for any offense against it. So if the Levites also offend, if something goes wrong, the Levites will also be held responsible. Hello? And this is a permanent law for you to observe from generation to generation. The Levites will receive no allotment of land among the Israelites because I've given them the Israelites tithe. So I've given them the tithe that comes from the Israelites which have been presented as a sacrifice, offer, a sacred offering to the Lord, this will be the Levite share. That is why I said they should receive no allotment of land among the Israelites. The Lord told Moses, also told Moses, give instructions to the Levites. When you receive from the people of Israel the tithe of a sign as your allotment, give a tenth of the tithes you receive, a tithe of the tithe as, the Lord, as to the Lord as a sacred offering. And the Lord will consider this offering to be your harvest offering as though it was the first grain from your own threshing floor or your wine floor or from your own wine press. And you must present one-tenth of the tithe received from the Israel as a sacrifice offering to the Lord. This is the Lord's sacred portion. And you must present it to Aaron, your priest. Are you listening? The, the Levites, are you listening? Present it to who? Good, you understand. We are going. Now the first mention of the tithe is found in the book of Genesis chapter 14. I think I should stop here. Next week we'll go, we'll go there about the first mention of the tithe. It wasn't in Malachi. All the way in Genesis, in the beginning, we see the tithe coming. All the way down to the New Testament. Now, I want to wrap up here and then next week we'll continue the message. But in closing, the 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 are blessings that come from the tithe and the offering. He says he'll open the windows of heaven over your life. And that is the primary thing we are talking about today. They say he'll pour blessing upon you and it'll be so much that you cannot contain it. And he'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. The devourer cannot destroy the fruit of your ground. Your fruits will not fail in the time when they should ripen or be destroyed. And he said all nations shall call you blessed and your life will become a delightful life. Now, why would God put so much or attach so much blessing to one act? It's because, you see, the kingdom of God, which is the kingdom of our Christ, has against it opposition from all kingdoms. Why? Because, you see, the, 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 the enemy, that is Satan himself, has raised so much opposition against everything of God. Today, all over the world, anything that is Christian, you realize that there's so much opposition. You will never hear of a Christian event that is being sponsored by Coca-Cola or by, you know, any big company. Have you heard of that? You can't even take, if you take the letter, they'll chuck, chuck it. Why? Because you are not appealing to the masses. And so, if Chris, the kingdom is not being sponsored by other things. And we as believers, kingdom people, we do not also obey the, the commandments of God in how to cause the kingdom to increase from generation to generation. We will see that a time will come when our strength, our numbers will dwindle. So how beautiful are the feet of him who brings good news that our God reigns. 
When somebody goes somewhere and brings the good news of Christ, people are saved, people are delivered, their lives change. They say, so we should send into the field people who will preach the word. I said, but how can they go? How can they go if they are not sent? And how can they be sent unless we send them? Imagine if in this area we had about 500 churches. Imagine the number of people who will be in church. Today, you realize that our brothers who have a holiday on Tuesday, you know, they have mosques in almost every area. They make sure they have mosques in every area. And the vision of any Muslim who will get money is to build a mosque. That's the first thing they want to do. Why? Because they want their religion to spread. But that we are not thinking about that. We are thinking about how God will bless us so we can eat and drink and have cars, two cars, three cars, five cars, six cars, seven cars in your garage. And we're not even thinking about, oh, what can I do for the kingdom? Maybe the church might need, you know, to send people to Wale Wale. But how can they go unless they are sent? Last two months, Pastor Moose and Reverend Moose and Reverend Hans, they went to, um, what's the name of the place? Achalacha. And the car they went with, one of the, they went to two cars, one of the cars they went with was Reverend Hans's pickup. You know how that pickup is? How many of you know Reverend Hans' pickup? <clears throat> this pickup broke up, broke down on the way. And the whole night, Reverend Moose and some of the young men who were, were pushing the pickup. Where's Reverend Moose? They pushed this pickup on the Kumasi Road. Kumasi Kwasambwa. They pushed the car the whole night till dawn. And when they got to the place, oh, clap for the Lord. Thank God for their life. You are coming, come fast. Uh -huh. You know, they pushed the car. And when they got to Kumasi, they, 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 they feathered their journey and had to preach that same night. They didn't sleep the whole night. Wouldn't have been more benef would it have been beneficial, or let me say more beneficial, even if it's wrong English. Would it have been more beneficial for them to have a pickup that is working, drive straight to Kumasi, take rest, be strong for the evening crusade. But you see, it's difficult for us to come and stand and say, who has an, a pickup you don't use? Give to the kingdom. They say, hey, ask for that church. I saw for no. So we don't say anything. But the fact that we are not saying anything doesn't mean we are helping you. We are not helping you. I remember when the ministry started with me in Akusum when I was not taking offering. I, I told the pastors, no offering. The reason why I didn't want to take offering, I didn't want the town people because they were coming in droves. I didn't want them to go home. And th th those days, it was more of the women. When their husbands go to work, then they are all coming. They have a free time. I didn't want their men to say, hey, you don't know. Kek's wife, she wants to take your money. That's why she says, um, she's too heavily. So I said, no, 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 no offering. Then one day I was there, when three or four old women came and said, Malian, who is see in Shirano? You are denying us of our blessing because you are, you are giving to us spiritual things and you are not allowing us to give offering. Those women, there's one of them, she's about 95 now. One, we went to visit last month, very old lady, now in her 80s. I mean, they are all old women now. Those days, they were about in their late 50s to 60s. But they said, take offering. Before I could gather even the courage to take an offering. But that is what pushed that ministry from the bush. 
to the community center, to where we are, where are at now. Brought it down all the way from um, Akosumbo to prayer, um, prayer Place, M Plaza, and then here. Those offerings of those people in the bush, women who were market women, women who were not working, they have brought it this far. We also have an assignment to take it further. We all do. Because I can imagine, because from the bush, the bush was free, but every day we had to carry benches. Pastor Moose and Pastor Abi, Ernest, they carry benches. Every Wednesday, they carry benches. Not two benches. Because I think Mrs. Nana Gizu, I always mention her name. She brought, she bought me 30 benches. When she came to find that, I was preaching to people sitting on stones in that bush. And not 10 people. At that point, we numbered 350 people. When she brought in the, the benches, so the bench was five on the bench. She, she, said, she said, she's my cousin, she'll come and I said, Nana, go and order as many benches as you like. Bring me the bill, I'll pay. Those benches have now brought us to an air-conditioned home. Are you hearing me, somebody? So when you understand these dynamics, and we are talking about the tithe, and we are talking about the offering, you must have a greater understanding within you. Because you see, if imagine right now there were no priests, because everybody is gone to the farm, and you and I, we need somebody to come and even officiate the funeral. And talk about the one day somebody said, oh, I'd rather give to the poor. And not to be rude, I didn't say anything. But in my mind, I said, when you die, go and call the post, come and bury you. I said in my mind, I didn't say it. You know, I, I don't like to be rude. I'm a very nice person. I said, yeah, when you die, call free here for a missile. But people don't think that. But we must think beyond our flesh and what we have heard and what we are saying and look to the word and think, how did we get here? How did even this, how did we get here? Du Bois Center, we raised offering for land. Some of you gave. I still have the list. Some gave 2000 Some gave $5,000. And we bought this land. This land was here for 2009 to 20. When did that Yeah, almost more than, almost seven or so years. And we're doing Kofi Anama. It wasn't enough to do this thing. I think we got 100000 we got some money, but it wasn't enough. And then the debate was, should we build? Should we buy 10? And the debate was on and on and on for years. Then my younger brother came and said, here, I want to give you a birthday present. Take. I'm building this thing for you. Somebody needs to take an initiative. We need to take certain initiatives in order for the kingdom to move forward. Our love for God, our love for one another and for people outside People who are perishing, people who are, are hurting. You know, the, the, in this house, the people who come for deliverance and counseling, most of the time, they don't even come to this church. But we have people coming in with serious problems and some too from the church. Imagine if we were in a bush, where would we go? So I want to round it up that there's an open heavens that God puts upon his people when they obey his commandment to bring in the full tithe not the tip. Next week I'll talk about the tip. And so may the people of God have an understanding. May we all have an understanding and begin to change our hearts. And the matter of the whole matter of it is that it's to our benefit 
more than to God's benefit. Because God says that if the people are not praising, he can even cause stones to praise him. If I won't do it, he will raise him to do it. He can raise you to do it. He can raise you to do it. God doesn't do things by numbers, but by the hearts of people. Let's rise up. This morning you want to talk to God. Maybe you realize as I'm speaking that your life seems to be under a closed heaven. For all this time, you have not been a tither. You have not even thought about it. But this morning, if you have had an understanding, talk to God. There are some too in this room you wish you could tithe. But as it is right, you don't even have a job. Making ends meet is so difficult. Talk to God. He said, if you will, I will. It's a conditional thing. Tell him, Lord, if you will, bless me and give me a job. I will also be mindful of your house. Let's all pray to God according to the word we have heard. Thank you, Jesus. Talk to God about your financial situation, your job, your business, whatever it is. Talk to him about it. As he's a possessor of the heavens and the earth, he's a benevolent God, a good God, a faithful God. Say, oh Lord, that thou mayest bless me and bless me indeed. Jabez pray. Want to pray, Lord? I hear this morning it is you who gives us the power to get wealth in order to fulfill your covenant that you made with us. Lord, give me the power to get wealth. Show me the way. Order my steps. Direct my path. Lord, what should I do? I want to pray for opportunities. Lord, give me opportunities for wealth creation. Pray. Thank you, Jesus. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you this morning that, Lord, you are the giver of every good and every perfect gift. We thank you for the greatest gift you have given to us, the gift of Christ, the gift of our salvation. The Lord, your word says, while we were yet sinners, Christ Jesus came to die for us. Your word also tells us you so loved us that you gave, you also gave your only begotten son to die in our place, that we may live and not die, that we may be saved, we may be delivered, we may be helped, that we may prosper. This morning, Father, I have released your word unto your people. And it's my prayer, Father, Lord, bring everyone that has heard this word to the place of understanding, the place of obedience, that it may be well with them. I ask my God, that Lord, cause them to walk in an open heavens. My God, that Lord, together we will build up your church, your kingdom, Lord. I pray that, Lord, your people will come to the place where they eat their bread without scarcity, where none among them will say, I am sick, where, Lord, they will not borrow, but they will lend to many. I pray, my God, that, Lord, let your blessing of riches, wealth, and honor be set upon the people that hear this word in the mighty name of Jesus and use them for your glory. Jesus, thank you, the Lord, you have saved us, you have delivered us. But in what we are saying this morning, Bible says that even though you are rich, you took our poverty, that we through your sacrifice made for us might become rich. My God, rich in pocket, rich in spirit, my God, rich unto others in the power of love. So this morning, I pray, Lord Jesus, Lord, let your heart my God, and your spirit that rules and reigns within us, instruct our minds and instruct our spirits in Jesus' mighty name.
Amen. Thank you for listening to today's word. Connect with us on our website, www.tlgm.org. Get interactive with Apostle on all social media platforms at Apostle Leanne Coffey.